Hey guys, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Kat. We're a couple of twos. And welcome to our podcast. On this podcast, you can expect all things Enneagrams, friendship, life, and so much more. Thanks so much for being here with us. Hey guys, this is Editing Charlotte here. Just wanted to hop on real quick with a little bit of a silly disclaimer. Um, Kat and I talk in depth about the Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Mass. Um, and we do accidentally give away a ton of spoilers. So for anyone in the middle of reading it, I just want to let you know before the episode starts that I have timestamps added into the description in the uh, show notes below. So check those out, um, specifically to my childhood best friend. Hey girl, I know you're in the middle of reading this and I really don't want to be the person who spoils it for you. <laughs> so please check out those timestamps so you know when to skip to, when you can listen and when you can't. All right. Love y'all. Enjoy the rest of the episode. It's episode three. <laughs> Take three, two. <laughs> We've had many audio issues. We're still learning. Sorry, guys. Bear with us. It sounds better now, I think. We hope. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. We just recorded what was 20 minutes and none of it recorded. That was 20 minutes? <laughs> <It> was 20 <gasps> minutes. No. I didn't know it was 20 whole minutes. It's okay. okay. That's fine. That's right. fine. Well, that maybe... We're doing we're doing good then. We got some good highs and lows. Yeah. Anyways. Okay, sorry. So yeah, you're cat. I'm cat. <laughs> I'm Charlotte. <laughs> we're frazzled. And this week we're talking about um how a type two interacts with a type four, five, and six. We're doing the second, like two out of three segments on how type twos interact with the other types. Um, and also in a relationship with those types as well. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, in interacts in relationships or how it plays off of potential downfalls, potential strengths and weaknesses, etc. Yeah. Um, before we do that, though, we're gonna go through those highs and lows, get those peaks and valleys with you guys. <laughs> yeah. So our highs and lows from this past week. Um, excuse us. We're repeating ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Already tried to semi-record this. Yeah. Um. So but- you go first. So my high for the week was two things. So one, um, we threw our very first annual holiday Christmas party. And it was a smash. Um, (laughs) It was such a great time. We brought together all of our friends from different friend groups, which sometimes can be a little bit scary. There was Mm -hmm. definitely some hesitation on what that would be like. Yeah. You never Um, know how that's going to go. It's always a gamble. And it ended up being really good. Everybody had a great time. Everybody left saying, uh, more house parties, please. Yes. It's a requirement now. Even if you wanted to do it annually, now we require it annually. Yes. So it was so much fun. I have not laughed that long, that hard in a long time. <laughs> we did laugh really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely stayed up way too late, too. I don't normally stay up that late. <laughs> we left your house at 1230. No, it wasn't no, that no. late. No, some people stay till 2. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Got it. I was like... Catherine, <laughs> midnight. <laughs> We're not that old yet. I mean, I am. Well, yeah. Listen, I'd be in bed right now if I, if it was yeah. allowed. My husband has definitely increased my ability to stay up late. Yeah. Um, over the years, he has. Yeah, I've I've learned that skill. I don't know that I love it all the time, but I've learned it. No, it's okay. It is what it is. And then I also started. Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Mass, yeah. which we love her. We Big love fans. The I read Akatar series last year, A Court of Thorns and Roses. 
this um, year. Oh wait, no. Last year. Last year. I'm sorry. It's you said Avatar. Four. You said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard Avatar, and then I you said A Court of Thorns and Roses, and, f- and for some reason my brain heard Throne of Glass. N- disregard the misunderstanding. It's okay. I read Avatar series last year. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely loved it, adored it. Actually, probably will read the entire series again. Really? You think oh, you'll reread? I would one thousand percent reread. I might too. Like, I'm not a good. I'm not a big rereader. I am never a rereader. Yeah, I've only reread the Harry Potter series. I still haven't finished the Harry Potter series. Why? Oh, my God, we're gonna get shunned. We just got canceled. <laughs> we just got canceled in those in those seconds it took you to say that phrase. We just got canceled. And my own husband tried to cancel <sighs> me for that. He was like, "You haven't read." all of the harry potter books and you love those movies that is blasphemy it is i have fun because i actually watched the movies first and then watch and read the books second which is very wrong according to most people but it's how it happened well, my, i mean that's where i'm at right now yeah my younger self didn't have the discipline to read those books that's that was no. a lot um and i actually had a really good time finding the differences like, yeah. I felt like I was, like, on a treasure hunt to find the differences, you know? So, I'm technically, like, in the book series, I am on Order of the Phoenix. Oh, my favorite movie. It's my favorite movie, too. Shut up. Oh. Because I really love Sirius. Sirius. Yeah, me too. I love Sirius <laughs> Black. And him, He's, when yeah. it's, like, really when you get to see him. Yeah. And every, I mean, I, I love all of the movies. But right. that is by far my favorite yeah, one. Yeah, mine too. That's so funny. I never knew that. Me neither. Look at us. <laughs> Bonding. Anyways, um, so total side tangent. Yes. Yeah. I am still reading the series. I just. Shame, shame. It's not something I can read like all at once because mm. they're so long and I've seen the movies Says so... the girl who just talked about Akatar and Throne of Glass. <laughs> Throne of Glass is literally eight books. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the last fine. book is 920 pages. <laughs> oh my god. Uh-huh. It hurt my wrist to hold. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Uh-huh. Recommend reading that one with your Kindle for shizzle because it okay. literally hurt to hold. Um, so I may or may not have bought the entire eight book series in like Kindle format. Mm. But it's in one chronological book. Oh god. But like they're separated by the books. Yeah. But you know how you can buy like the bundles or whatever? No, I don't have a Kindle, but yeah. No, like physical oh, bundles. Oh, at the store. Yeah. I, yeah, 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 yeah. They did that, but in like Kindle form. I see. And it was on sale. Nice. And so I was like, I know I'm a huge Kindle reader. Mm. And I know you lent me the books. And mm-hmm. I have them in my bedroom. And I have actually started physically reading it. Mm-hmm. But I know myself. And I was like, I'm going to want this in Kindle version yeah. as well. Yeah. Because sometimes I go back and forth. If mm-hmm. I travel, I don't want to travel with physical books. Yeah. It's easier just well, to bring my Kindle. The only thing you really need the physical books for is the tandem read. Because I have no idea how you would do the tandem read in the Kindle. Like you'd have to. No, you couldn't. Constantly be checking the chart and stuff. When am I supposed to be doing that? Later. You, it's fine. You got time. Okay. <laughs> I might, might have just had a minor <laughs> panic in my brain. No, no, no. You've got time. You've got time. And I've got it all marked for you. They're They're all there. Okay. You're fine. We understand that there is definitely a lot of um, controversy on the tandem read or order of these books. Yeah. If you are a Sarah J. Mass fan and have gone down this path. Yeah. We have the paths that we are going to read. Yes. And it will be what it will be and we will get all the words in our brains. Yes. And that's that. We will still read the same books that you read. Yes. Um. Anyways. Okay. So that's your second high. Good. Love that. All right. What's your low? Um, we were freaking delirious. 
it's only eight o'clock i know but we're so annoyed it's like it's forced us into delirium (laughs) i love it i think this is gonna be really fun to edit okay i'm glad um okay so my low for the week for the start of the new year and kind of my new year's resolution and i guess it's not really low i i say a low but it's like the only thing i can think of Mm -hmm. because nothing actually bad happened Mm -hmm. Um, I've been lethargic, like definitely extra tired because my husband and I decided for 2024, our goal is health and fitness. We are doing an 80, 20 lifestyle. That's just 80% like healthy, good foods, doing all the right things, working out the way that you're supposed to Mm -hmm. 20% cheat days, Mm -hmm. having that ice cream, having that dessert, eating a little bit of chocolate here and there. Mm -hmm. Maybe when you go out to eat with your friends, you're not sitting there worried about what you're ordering. Yeah. Um, And just not limiting yourself. Like, I don't want to tell myself no all the time because that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've been definitely a lot more tired because of that. Mm -hmm. But I have not had fried food for a whole eight days, which to be perfectly honest, I don't remember consciously (laughs) Going that long without eating takeout or French fries. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like not eating fries yeah. for that long. That's sad. That's sad. But not really. Who cares? I mean, yeah. Also, You're we're doing anything. dry January. Taste the exact same the next time you eat it. Don't worry. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, uh, doing dry, Dan- dry January. Wow. Mm. Um, so no Woo-hoo. alcohol. Yeehaw. Not that that's, I don't really drink that much anyways. No. N- neither of us do. Yeah. So, no, I'm not a big drinker. It's not very hard to refrain from. But yeah. then the other day I was like, man, I could really go for a glass of wine. Yeah. And then I was like, nope, mm-mm, not mm-mm. allowed to have that. That sugar spike, though, after not having any sugar, having a glass of wine would actually be pr- probably rough the next day. Oh, I'd be so hungover. Yeah, just from like a glass because yeah. you haven't had some, like any sugar in yeah. a little bit, you know? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, so those are my highs and lows. Cool. What are your highs and lows? Okay, so my low, um, we both have very New Year's-y lows. You know what I mean? Yeah, They're very true. New Year oriented, even though this is going to be episode three. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> it's Anyways, okay. That's fine. Um, is that uh, coming back to work this week was difficult for my brain to catch up to my body. Um, I made a lot of stupid, tiny little mistakes in front of a lot of people copied on a lot of emails. <laughs> oh. And they were just, it was fine. It was stupid. It's whatever. Nobody really cared. Um, but I did it like over and over and over again. And, you know, you do it that many times in a row. And it's like, Charlotte, get your shit together. You know what I mean? Like, I was just kind of beating myself up last week. Every time I made a new mistake, it was like, cut again. And it was just annoying. So that's my low. Um, I mean, that's a pretty normal New Year's. Like, it, what do they call that? The holiday hangover where you're just like they? trying to get back that. into <laughs> the swing of life yeah. after the holidays. It's always hard. It yeah. sucks. Thankfully, I'm starting a new job, so I don't really <laughs> have yeah. that yeah, right you're now. you're ramping up slow. I am very slow mm-hmm. ramp, which I'm very, very grateful for. Yeah, that's amazing. I have amazing. not had this slow Honestly, I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Yeah. Give me more to do. Yeah. Don't <laughs> I, be careful what you wish for. Ooh. Knock on wood. Yeah. Somewhere. Knock on the wood. Yeah. Um, and then my high was that I started Crescent City. We might 
should start a quarterly book club potentially oh that'd be so fun yeah wait okay podcast book club podcast book club let's we could i mean we have to we have to put together the whole big plan we have not done this yet but maybe like once a quarter we could say a book a recommendation book that we're all going to read together and then at the start of the next quarter we talk about it wait what if we do an instagram poll Okay. To vote on said book. That oh, that's we read. a good idea. And then we can do a quarterly book that mm-hmm. we everybody reads, and you and I can come and talk about it. And then we can also do maybe like a Discord. Yeah, a Discord or like a Patreon. Maybe not a Patreon. Discord. Yeah. Where we can all kind of chat and build a community around this book club. I think mm-hmm. that sounds fun. Yeah. Because we're both pretty pretty avid readers yes oh for sure how many was, do you know how many books you read last year i don't i didn't count girl good I reads i know i know i know i just I didn't am do it such a good reads whore <laughs> <laughs> like i really am i love that app it is the only thing that i have actually used to like set a goal for myself in terms of um like how much i'm gonna read mm-hmm. or it, like honestly any goal like mm-hmm. I the fact that two years in a row I have set goals for myself on how many books I'm going to read and both times I have hit my goal. Good job! Oh my god! So I read twelve books in 2022, mm-hmm. and last year I read twenty books, and this year my goal is twenty five. Oh, like, I don't girl. think I can go up to thirty yet, but we're going to go with twenty five. Yeah, um, I would say probably fifteen to twenty books I read last year. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, you also read a book a week with freaking Akatar. Yeah, Akatar and Throne of Glass. <laughs> Okay, so that's eight plus five. Yeah, what's that? I can't do math. I'm an accountant. (laughs) Thirteen? I tripped. Let's do that math real quick, Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait. Okay, wait. Yeah, no, thirteen, right? Yeah. You looked at me like I was wrong. I started to really question myself. No, I was questioning my... You said, I'm an accountant. I can't do math. I can't. That's, that's like concerning. the That's the most common like accountant joke. We we say that all the time. Okay. It's a, like a See, fun. I'm not an accountant. I don't know joke. these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time to each other. About like tiny little things like that. Because, you know, we use Excel. We use like softwares and stuff. So it's like, oh, I'm an accountant. I can't do math. You know? It's funny. I mean, I will never forget my math teacher in school looking at me and telling me, you have to know how to do this math because you're not going to have a calculator in your back pocket. Well, guess what, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) There's so many times when I think about that. Like, I cannot even lie to you. That is so funny. I really have thought about that so many times where I'm like, look at me now. And then the iPhone said, false. (laughs) False. Oh God! So, anyways, I can um, do advanced math with freaking Chat GPT in my pocket too. So that's true. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I didn't even think about Chat GPT doing math. There are AI tools that you can like take a picture of your math problem and it will fully solve it for you Whoa. and show you all of the steps. It's really scary. I mean, I'm, it is a little scary. I really wish that I'm not in the I, AI world. I have not dug into that. Yeah, but anyways, um. <clears throat> So Crescent City, I'm obsessed with. Um, I can I give a little SJM tangent for you real quick? Please do. Okay. Um, because okay, wait, hold on. I just thought of something. Okay, if 13 books was SJM for me alone last year, I also read two books because I read one in between each to, as like a breather. 
And like, so I finished Throne of Glass in December. So I read a breather book at the end of December. And then now I've started Crescent City. So at least 15 books is my point is what I'm getting to. Definitely at least 15 I know of. Anyway. So it's a lot. A lot. (laughs) Um, Okay. Sorry. Back to SJM tangent. Okay. You know with Akatar how when you're reading it, and I know you know, so I'm saying you know because I know you know this feeling. But to the listeners, please let us know if you also felt this way. It was like unhealthy levels of obsessed. Like I physically, it physically hurt me to put it down. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason it took me almost two months to finish right. the last book because I didn't want it to end. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like it it was painful not to read. And like when I finished it, I missed the characters. Like I, I miss, still miss them. Me too. Um, I also fell in love with Cassian like I am still don't make it don't be wrong I forgot about that like all of all that oh my god my heart just dropped into my stomach all of the bad boys but I am in (laughs) love my heart literally dropped into my stomach I actually saw a TikTok today Cassian is your husband like yeah he is you you married Cassian (laughs) basically did you not I'm not talking about the the spicy stuff I'm talking about just the personality did you did you or did you not that's true I'm comes across I, as Charlotte like, doesn't need to be talking about the spiciness of your husband you know what I'm saying <laughs> don't ever jump to that conclusion again <laughs> it will never be true <laughs> but I'm just talking about his personality okay <laughs> oh lord yes he does come across as yeah. like brooding and yeah but on the inside he's just a big gigantic goofball yeah which is kind of and a ball of mush yeah that's true when I finished Akatar, like I truly was like grieving the character so much. Yeah. Like the friends, the three friends. Emery and Gwen. Yeah, and Nesta. Yeah. Missed them so much. Um, when I finished reading that. Like truly felt like I was in their friend group and I wanted to know more about how they love each other and their bonds and how they grow and their traumas and everything. Yeah. Like genuinely missed them so it much. It was very beautiful. But- yeah. And I know, like, Akatar is technically also a romance series, like a romanticy. Isn't that what it's called? Fan- fantasy, fantasy romance. Fantasy romance, yeah. I know. But her character building is so incredibly good that, like, the romance was like, ooh, cherry on top. Yeah. But the characters, I miss the characters. Um, anyways, so it was painful for me to put down Akatar as I was reading. I was aggressively addicted, like, unhealthy addicted. Throne of Glass, for me... Did not feel that way. Um, I love the characters. I love the story. It's an incredible work of literature. But, um, and I, I wanted to keep reading it. And at no point was I like, oh yeah, I'm done with this. Let's put it down. I don't want to read this anymore. I, I truly wanted to keep reading it. But I didn't feel that like obsession. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is probably better for my life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, maybe. You know. I remember when you told me that you were reading a book a week. I was like, I could never. Those are yeah. long books. Yeah, I was like, you know, my life was put on hold essentially. I mean, I can't say much cuz I did just finish a book in a single day. <laughs> um that's my laugh so evil. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's I just it's like it wasn't obsession, but I was like really into it. It was like all my free time. I wasn't getting on TikTok. I wasn't getting on Instagram. I was just picking up my book and reading. Like on my lunch, you I was were reading. Escaping into that world. Yeah. Which, um, I mean, that's a big part of why I love reading and why I mm-hmm. love gaming. It, it's it's the escapism mm-hmm. of it all. It's the let me step away from my reality and yeah. step into this whole new world. And Sarah J. Mass does a beautiful job of that. Yes, yeah, she does. 
Um, I was telling my mom about the series and mm-hmm. trying. She was like, "What are you reading right now?" And I was like, "Oh my god, it's so hard to display <laughs> to explain." Like, well, mm-hmm. it's a fairy book, and she was like, "Fairies," <laughs> because I'm very much normally like murder mystery uh-huh. or like normal. I mean, most of the stuff I do is mystery. That's what I like to read because I like puzzles and figuring out stuff. Yeah. Um, but. I tried to describe the like book series to her. I was like, it's a romance, but it's also like they're super badass women. <laughs> and like, I don't yeah. know how to. Just, and she was like, fair. She's like, I'm not going to read that. I was like, you're no. missing out because it's <laughs> so good. <laughs> my, the amount that I have talked up SJM has made my mom want to start reading it. And okay. I'm like, mom, That's my goal. I'm scared you're not going to like it. And you're going to be like, why'd you tell me to read this? No, no, I have you not. Know? I don't know anyone who has not, who has actually picked up these books. Yeah. And not liked it. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so basically, Throne of Glass has the badass womanry. And it has pretty good character building. It's not as good because there's a ton more characters in Throne of Glass. Like, so many characters, I cannot even express it to you. All right, I already have a question about it. Okay. How the hell are you supposed to pronounce her name? Oh, Selena. I pronounced Selena. it Selena. Okay, that makes I, sense. And I don't know how it's actually pronounced. Selena, Selena. It's. I don't think it's Selena because it's A E N A. Yeah, I pronounced it Selena. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, but Akatar, addicting, huge character building, badass womanry, right? Throne of Glass, really, really good. A lot of badass womanry. Way too many characters to get super attached to every single one. Okay. You get attached to, like, the best ones. And it's amazing. And, like, I definitely cried a lot throughout the series. Fantastic. In the best possible <laughs> ways. Um, but it, I felt at the end of it like I was relieved that it was over. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but I mean that it was just so heavy. It was kind of like when Harry Potter ended at the end of the war and you're like, oh, thank god you know what i mean like you're like that like sense of relief like i miss the characters but i'm glad that the series is over if that makes any sense yeah um i don't feel that way about akatar which is why i will never feel that way about akatar i am so glad that she is writing more books right okay so my point in saying that is that um crescent city has that addicting feeling again. Woohoo. I am in pain being here now oh, no. <laughs> and not reading it. I read it every spare moment of my day that I had today and I had hardly any spare moments. So I'm almost to the end Is and I like- started it last week and I have like four more chapters. Okay, but you're going to be so mad when you only have three books out of the series. I know. I know. See, and I'm scared she's going to have a cliffhanger at the end of book oh, three. Of course. Hello. I know. That's what every author does. I know. And I hate it so much. It should much. be illegal. And I literally wait. It should be illegal. I waited until today or today until January to start reading Crescent City because I knew I was going to fly through it. And I knew that the third one was coming out January 30th. Do we know when book four is coming out? Uh, No, I don't. Look it up. Okay. Mm, okay. It's going to be called House of Earth and Blood. And I think it says 2025. Oh, November. No. Dang it. I don't know. I don't Does it know. not have a release date yet? I guess not. It's not easily findable, so I guess not. Um, no, that's okay. But at least we know what it's going to be called. So that was our highs and lows. Sorry mm. for the really long side book 
talk life tangent anyways and let us know what your opinions are on any of the iron flame books being in our uh quarterly book club <gasps> yes okay but because we are 100% doing quarterly book club now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um we have gone we like to go to Barnes and Noble every now and then we get our nails done together and we'll go sometimes to Barnes and Noble which is right down the street mm-hmm. we, we can walk it's in the same shopping center mm-hmm. we'll pop in there get a little coffee and then we just like to walk around the bookstore like that's how much of book girlies we are and then we pull up our Goodreads app and we add things to it yes <laughs> and decide hey well, I might want to read that that mm-hmm. looks good do we proceed to spend way too much money on books yes that does happen as for well. sure for sure for sure but Iron Flame and that entire series has been on our list every single time we walk into that store. Mm-hmm. But then we don't end up buying it or we have some reason to not go through with actually starting to read it because... Mm-hmm. Usually it's Sarah J. Mass is yeah. our reason. So far for the last year, Sarah J. Mass has been our reason every time. So I'm so sorry. What's her name? The author of Iron Flame, Rebecca something? I have no idea. Isn't it? Um, yeah, Rebecca Yaros. So sorry, girly. Um, you might be our next obsession. Just hold out. We'll be there in a sec. I've heard great things, but I've also heard mixed things. Really? About Iron Flame. I know that the first book ends in like an earth shattering uh, cliffhanger. Well, good thing. By the the time I get to it, the the whole series will probably be out. (laughs) The second book is out now as well. And one of my other best friends (laughs) told me that um, the second book also ends in a cliffhanger, but not as earth shattering as the first one. Like she said, the first one was like devastating this one is like oh man and you want to know but you're not devastated it's kind of like i've been watching loki season two (gasps) we're halfway through it oh okay i forgot i was watching it we have been watching it this past week yeah legitimately it's on disney plus if you guys are interested we're also way behind on the loki that came out a while ago well okay i saw season one when it came out season two just recently came out did it it's not that old oh okay i thought Um, it was older it came out in december November or December. Oh. Like, not that long ago. Oh, I thought quite a while ago. Never mind. I mean, I could totally be wrong. (laughs) I'm just making this up right now. Yeah, yeah. I'll Google that, too. We're just Googling a lot today. (laughs) Anyways, um, I could not go to bed at a decent hour last night because of that show. Oh, no. Because the continuous cliffhangers that keep happening. It leaves you on a cliffhanger every single episode. I I cannot. Mm -hmm. Oh, it came out in October. Okay. So, I was close. October. Um those cliffhangers yeah it does do that yeah it, it was twelve fifty, and i was yeah. like i have to go to bed yeah <laughs> work tomorrow keep watching would i have continued to finish that entire series in one night yes yeah i read crescent city until 5 30 a.m the other day that's how unhealthy like it you is didn't sleep like i didn't sleep and well then i went Charlotte. to sleep and i went to, it was a saturday it was saturday okay. yeah all right well, and i, I went to sleep better. at 5 30 but then i woke up at like 11 and kept reading <laughs> my god that's what i mean it's unhealthy you know what i'm saying like it's so good i can't handle it i can't (laughs) freaking handle it and then i got to this point i was reading sunday and i got to a point and my jaw was just like on the ground and i looked over at my husband who was like silently watching things on his phone so that i could read because he's the wonderfulest husband in the world and he was like what and i was like Sarah J. Mass just does this to me every time. Every time she leaves me stunned and in shock and devastated and in awe 
How does she do that? Every emotion at the same moment. I How? have just decided. So on, I have recently seen on TikTok where women will record themselves reading. Mm. Oh, J. I Mass. saw that. Don't watch those. They give it away. No, no. Some of them okay. don't. They're, okay. It's just purely their emotions okay. and like them going through the roller coaster of like. Yeah, so I saw that. Which she was reading the last book the in last Throne of Glass. Chapter, I know who you're talking about. Uh, I saw that TikTok. No, she was reading it of Nesta and. Um, oh. Friends. Friends. Yes. Yeah. And the last Akatar book, and she was recording herself going through the last, like, 100 pages. Oh, my God. So, okay, listen <laughs> to me. Okay, listen to me. Okay. <laughs> my other, the friend I was just talking about who recommended Iron Flame to me, and she, like, her books that she owns are on my nightstand waiting to be read of Iron Flame, because that's after Crescent City for me. She and I have discovered, we have come up with the formula. We have realized the formula. Sarah J. Mass. Okay. The first 100 pages, painful to get through, but the foundation of everything you're going to need to know for that book happens mm-hmm. in the first 100 pages. Okay. Well, usually the foundation of what she wants you to believe, and then she flips that on its head later in the book. But anyways, and then the last 100 pages are painful to put down. Like first 100, you're like, oh man, do I have to pick this up again? Last 100, you're sobbing snot running down your face like you can't put it down you have to know what happens next cliffhanger after cliffhanger after cliffhanger and it's just painful so yeah those last 100 pages she's spot on about that the emotional roller coaster this woman that i watched roller coaster she went from laughing jaw on the floor Uh bawling crying Uh laughing again yeah making a sweet face Mm -hmm. bawling crying (laughs) super shocked then angry and then like really sad that it was over yeah that's what the first crescent city book is doing to me in the last 200 pages oh wow that's what it's in the middle of doing to me fantastic it's really can't wait yeah it's incredible and horrible and i love her and i'm addicted and i think maybe that's how she gets us addicted because it's like that dopamine rush over and over and (laughs) over again it's that roller coaster of dopamine man i didn't even think about that okay we probably are gonna put a disclaimer in the description of this episode mm-hmm. about what we have talked about today. yeah sorry we went down the sarah j mass we will also put tangent. a little time stamp of when we are actually talking about the okay. enneagram stuff for those who do want to just skip ahead yeah we'll put you there yeah um anyways on to today's actual topic of enneagram type twos and how we relate mm-hmm. and have relationships with other types today like charlotte mentioned type four type five and type six We wanted to briefly discuss before we dive into the relationships, how a type two is ironically a type four in a period of growth. Yeah. So that's super interesting um, because like the different types are, they present as various other types during periods of growth, during periods of grief, during like struggling times, et cetera. Um, And we thought while we're here, Let's talk about the growth. Um, I'm actually looking at my personal results from mm-hmm. the Enneagram test itself. Mm-hmm. And if you go through and you are a type two, it shows you, or any type actually, it kind of shows you the two and then it has the two arrows that point to what you are during times of stress and times of growth. So times of growth, type twos show themselves as a four and during times of stress, we show themselves as a type eight or present. Crazy. That's crazy because, like, a couple of our very close friends are type 8s. 
Well, I think it shows as an unhealthy type 8. I'm not sure. I'll have to oh. do a little bit more research on that before we mm-hmm. record next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Can't wait to figure that out. Yeah. So, the first of all, why don't you talk about, do you want to just read really quickly what, what the type, type 4 is? is? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. A type 4 is called the individualist. They are sensitive and withdrawn. They are expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Um, And you know what's interesting? I just clicked on type 4, and it gave me that little circle graph where it tells you in growth and in stress. And a type 4 is a type 2 in times of stress. Interesting. So they are us, and we are them. (laughs) But anyways, um, so... Should I read why a type four is called a type or is called the individualist right now? Or should we do that in a little bit? Um, yeah, we can do it in a second. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so again, this is looking at that same chart. So the directions of integration, which is security, and disintegration, which is stress. So integration is type two is presenting as a four. Um, with trusted others or in situations in which twos feel sure of themselves and their ability to be honest about their feelings they may risk expressing their needless and darker impulses neediness excuse me and darker impulses rather than keep up the image of being selfless and above feeling wounded by the ingratitude of others they can become moody self-absorbed and temperamental revealing to in Revealing to intimates the true depth and extent of their emotional needs, self-doubts, and disappointments, Mm. particularly with others. Mm -hmm. At such times, they can be extremely touchy, easily hurt by statements that others would see as a harmless or even positive. They may also become more self-indulgent, giving themselves goodies that are not very good for them as a way of compensating for all the sacrifices that they feel that they have been making for others. Hmm. Um. Interesting. Do you feel like that's true? Yeah. Um. You mentioned when you feel like you're mm-hmm. like doing a lot of internal reflection mm-hmm. that you don't Self isolate hard. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And it's not. I. I don't think that I ever like fully disappear. Like we know a couple people who like straight up ghost everyone when they're going through it. Um, I don't do that, but I don't discuss it with anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I will become very selective about what I talk about with my friends. Um, which, you know, not a bad thing. Um, I think not. you don't need to tell everybody every single detail of your life. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but in something where I might have been open previously, I am no longer open about it. I shut down that section really hard and I focus on it to figure it out before I'm ready to talk about it. I'm not good at talking about something while I'm going through it. That is yeah. very difficult for me to do and has only been achieved with a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I have had those kinds of conversations with my mom too, um, where I try to like analyze why I'm feeling a certain way with her. Um, she's really good at like bouncing that back to me and helping me figure that out. Yeah. Which is really fun. Well, that's good that you've been able to find that at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think for me, the, the goodies portion of it, of like, I'm giving myself goodies when I feel like I maybe am being a little resentful or I haven't 
necessarily felt like all the effort I'm putting into things are actually coming to fruition or being recognized. Mm -hmm. And so I'll treat myself, quote unquote, whether it's like a little piece of candy here and there or I go out and I go shopping or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I definitely do that. Yeah. Um, Side note, just on the fact that the type two expresses themselves as a type four. So during a time of growth. During a time of growth, yes. Um, one of the interesting parts of the Enneagram as itself, um, it, this there's something called an instinctive center where the Enneagram is like basically broken up into three by three arrangements of nine personality types. So there's three different centers. Mm-hmm. Um, three of them in the feeling, three of them in the thinking, three of them in the instinctive area. So type two through four, so two, three, and four are in the feeling center. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that we would go to a type four being very closely related in a lot of ways. And also that a type four also presents as a type two. In times of stress. In times of stress. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And then type eight, which type twos present in times of stress, Mm -hmm. is in the instinctive center. So we go towards instincts Mm. during times of stress versus times of like internal growth. So each center consists of three personality types that have a common or or have in common the assets and uh, liabilities for that center. Um, So for example, personality type four has unique strengths and liabilities involving its feelings which is why it's in the feeling center. <laughs> and then likewise, the eight's assets and liabilities involves its relationship to its instinctual drives, which is why it's also in the instinctive center. Um, Interesting. And so like that makes sense for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, a type four during a time of growth presents as a type one. Interesting. That may not make sense to anybody else who's just listening. Um, if you take the Enneagram test and you see the circle diagram that they create, there yeah. are lines connecting. You have to take the Enneagram Institute test to see that. The universe one doesn't, or the university one doesn't show you. Universe, yeah. Universe doesn't show you that. Um, the, the Enneagram Institute, the one you pay $12 for, is what shows you the triangles. Okay. So going back to the direction of disintegration and stress... Um, that essentially means that like the two will show as an average too unhealthy, I'm sorry, an average too unhealthy eight when you're stressed mm. and in times of growth, same thing, average too great, I guess that's the right healthy. healthy, yes, average too healthy type four. Okay. If that makes sense, if you go look at the different types and what type you specifically are based off of your Enneagram results, Mm -hmm. um, that's just kind of the breakdown of what that means. Mm -hmm. So the direction of integration or growth is indicated by each type by the reverse of the sequences for disintegration. That means each type moves towards integration in a direction that is the opposite of its unhealthy direction, a.k.a. the more average or healthy version of that Mm. Enneagram number. Okay. So that's how the type two presents as a type four during times of growth. Yeah. That's pretty much all there is to it. I'm sure there's much more in depth that we can Mm -hmm. talk about when we actually look at the type eight as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe we should have a whole podcast where we talk about like 
in times of growth and in times of stress. And we really like dive into it and talk about like personal experiences and how we relate to it. Yeah, we can definitely add that to okay. our, our podcast list. Putting that on the list. Um, so let's talk about how the type two and type four interact with each other in a relationship. Okay. So I'm going to start really quick by just reading why a type four is named the individualist. Yeah. Because I think that plays into how we interact with them in relationships. <clears throat> so we have um, the Enneagram Institute reads, uh, we have named this type the individualist because fours maintain their identity by seeing themselves as fundamentally different from others. Fours feel that they are unlike other human beings and consequently that no one can understand them or love them adequately. They often see themselves as uniquely talented, possessing special one-of-a-kind gifts, but also as uniquely disadvantaged or flawed. More than any other type, fours are acutely aware and focused on their personal differences and deficiencies. That's kind of a bummer. Hey, fours out there, you're doing great. <laughs> we love you. And you are enough. You are enough. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, yeah, that is kind of a bummer. I know. It's interesting, though, to think about, um, like, the individualists. You would think that'd be, like, really empowering and strong. And I think, you know, it's kind of like everything has, like, in too much, you know what I mean? Like, you could be... Balance. Like, right. You need the balance. Yeah. Like, they do feel like they have, it said, a ton of, like, unique abilities and stuff. Yeah. But that means that they also feel like nobody can ever love them enough because of that. And then they also feel like they have big deficiencies. Sounds like... Type twos and fours will be great together in a relationship then. <laughs> well, I mean, we are really like lovey-dovey. So maybe we could like build up their self-esteem. Exactly. I don't know. Read about it. Tell us. So this is kind of what each type brings to a relationship. It can be very warm, even passionate um, when both parties continue to share their feelings openly together. Both are seeking warmth and connection and both are willing to provide it when they are healthy. Hence, once they have gotten over their initial hurdles of um, intimacy, Enneagram 2s and 4s can be a safe place for each other to share their hopes, fears, and insecurities. They can be a good medicine for each other. 2s contribute sociably and energy, giving 4s the confidence to interact more easily with others. So exactly what you were just talking about. Cute. 2s are warm, outgoing, thoughtful, and considerate, generous, and encouraging. 2s are also practical and action-oriented, willing to pitch in where needed and to do the things that need to be done, no matter how unpleasant or unglamorous. Mm, that's a, that's the 2s are doing that? Yes. I feel like I can do that for somebody else. I can't necessarily do that for myself. But yeah, yeah. yeah. That is the 2s doing this for the 4. Oh, then yeah, for sure. Yeah. So to like the opposite of that, fours bring creativity, a sense of humor, not honor, sorry, humor. <laughs> they might bring honor. I don't know. <laughs> a sense of humor, a willingness to laugh at human foibles. Foibles? Foibles. How's it spelled? F-O-I-B-L-E-S. Foibles. <laughs> I don't know. Hold what on. does that mean? Hold on, let me Google. F-O-I-B-L-E-S. B-L-E-S, yeah. A minor weakness or eccentricity in someone's character or the weaker part of a sword blade from middle to the point. Word of the day, ladies and gentlemen, hmm. foibles. Yeah, and I think you're pronouncing it right. Foibles, fo maybe. Foibles? I like foibles better. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let's see. Let's see what the internet says. Foible. 
foible. Foible. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fun facts, guys. Word you learned, of a, the day. learned a new word today. <laughs> okay. Fours bring creativity, a sense of humor, a willingness to laugh at human foibles, and emotional honesty. Aww. They see their own craziness and their own falseness that they do not try to varnish the truth of their quirks from themselves or from the two. Fours also bring a sense of beauty and subtlety to the relationship. They care about how things impact on themselves and others, and so they go out of their way to arrange their world to be more aesthetically pleasing. Following the two to feel more relaxed, or I'm sorry, allowing the two to feel more relaxed and nurtured. Fours also bring emotional depth and sensitivity to their relationships, a sense of mystery and unpredictability, sensual and sexual freedom. In short, fours invite twos to take a closer look at their deeper needs, which we're so bad about doing. Yeah, we are. (laughs) The truth of who they are and what they actually feel, twos appreciate the subtleties and nuances that fours bring, and fours thrive in this atmosphere fear of appreciation. Wow, I'm really having a hard time talking today. I'm sorry. No, no, I heard all of that. That sounds so sweet. They can lighten each other up with unexpected humor and appreciation of each other's quirks. Each invites the other to mature emotionally without saying so. Both help the other to stop being so concerned about what others think of them and to become more inner directed. Oh my god. Sounds I want to like know a four. Fantastic relationship. We don't know any fours. We don't know a single four so far. Well, We're I've... still getting family to take and family and friends to take the test. If you're listening to us and you have not taken the freaking Enneagram test and you know us personally, how dare you? One, two, get on it. Okay, thank you. Love you. Bye. I second. You better be taking that <laughs> test immediately and Hurry texting us up. your results. Hurry up. Actually, for those of you who have taken the Enneagram test, it has been really, really fun for yeah. us to <laughs> learn about what your Enneagrams are. Uh-huh. And we have personally like had discussions of our own of who we think everyone is and we have not been right. Nope. <laughs> not a single time. Literally not one time. It's shocking. And it's so much fun. It is fun. And also it's very shocking because there's some like, I'm like, okay, I can see that. And somewhere I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, oh my God, I really don't know them that well. And which makes me want to interview them on this podcast yeah, yeah. and learn more about them. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a type two, type four relationship would be a great relationship. I really want to know some now. That sounds so loving. Yeah. It does sound loving. It sounds fun. Yeah. Like, and it sounds easy. light and easy and yeah. fun. And also you're like giving each other room to grow. And also, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like with like. Now I need my husband to take it. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't we think he was a five? He was one of these three. Yeah. I don't remember. But I mean, like, even if it's not like marriage, I want to know a four friendship wise. That sounds like a freaking blast. I wonder if my mentor is a four. Oh, I have to make her take it. Because that sounds kind of like what we do. I'm interested to know now. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to find out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, okay. Sorry. Um, but but there are there are potential struggles that twos and fours can run into, as with every relationship. Yes. So tell us what those are. So it's funny that you just said you really want to be friends with a four because we're obviously both married. Mm-hmm. Um, although I we do not know what our husbands are yet. No. Um, so usually twos and fours make better friends and colleagues than intimate partners well, there you go <laughs> there you go and surprisingly it's really rare in an intimate relationship for twos and fours to be together wow really? i really 
That's confusing to me because it sounded so incredible. It literally says one would think that they would be a natural fit with each other. The rescuer, a.k.a. the two, and the rescued, the four, the lost child, and the parental figure. The problem is that there can be too much emotionality and unspoken demands in the pairing of them for their own good. Hmm. That kind of goes back to what I was talking about with the triad Hmm. of the breakup of the entire Enneagram. So there's three different sections. Mm Mm-hmm. Two, three, and four are the emotional sections. Mm. So twos and fours are both highly emotional um, in how they interact with the world. So it makes sense that that could be a potential issue. Yeah, you just be in like a pit of emotions all the time, (laughs) (laughs) which could probably feel like a roller coaster because if you're in the highs with the highs and then you crash to the lows of the lows, you know? And also probably have a lot of the same emotional issues. Mm, That's true. Um, That's true. Not very sustainable. But I feel like you could also understand each other better. Yeah, that's true. But I also think maybe you would need a lot of space from this person to just be normal for a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just to not have big emotions for a minute. Um. Well, also, I think it depends on where you are in that emotional journey. Because think about it, even in like friendships or in our personal relationships now, when you're in a really good, positive, excited, happy time in your life and then the person that's around you is super negative or going through it and just having a problem and it's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, everything feels so negative. Why are – I mean, Yeah, like I just want to be happy. Yeah, I mm-hmm. just want to be happy. Let me be through this Or the other way around when you're yeah. super blue and then they're cheery and you're like, shut up, quit smiling. <laughs> or they probably feel that way too where they're yeah. like, why is everything so negative? Yeah. And, that's tricky. Um. So I can see that being a big issue between Mm -hmm. twos and fours as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, there's another area here that it mentions. um, There can be a tendency to become competitive for attention Mm. or for one person to feel better liked and more appreciated than the other, which Mm. that's a huge issue for twos. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was one of the issues also when we did twos being in a relationship with other twos, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, twos also can find fours to be too moody or temperamental, Mm. led too much by their feelings and unconscious impulses. Mm. They also, uh, can see fours as hypersensitive and self, self absorbed, which probably has a lot to do with the type four, uh, needing to have the aesthetics Mm -hmm. and interesting. Okay. I was thinking more of like the individualist being like, I'm different. I'm special think about me you know what I mean I mean I can see that as well Mm -hmm. um and also maybe not as interested in what others thoughts and feelings are and maybe they're a little bit more self-absorbed than the type two in that way yeah maybe um kind of bashing on a four my bad fours no I mean (laughs) it's what this says right here is that that's a potential problem yeah I mean yes that does sound negative but (laughs) we're talking about the potential struggles um we just like boosted them up for like (laughs) well okay here twos tend to be too i don't know this word at all we're learning so (laughs) many new words today s-a-c-c-h-a-r-i-n-e saccharine saccharine i have no idea what that means excessively sweet or sentimental relating to or containing sugar sugary um Let's see how it's pronounced. Saccharin. Saccharin. I was right. Wow. 
Man, so I'm two for two. You're crushing it. Excessively sweet. We're too mushy. We're too sentimental. Okay, so fours tend... Most people to find us that way, though. To find twos <laughs> to be too saccharine. Again, there's your second word of the day. Mm-hmm, you're welcome. And artificially upbeat. Flattering and insincere mm. to get close to people and to feel needed. Like toxic positivity, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can... There are times in my life when mm-hmm. I'm definitely... For sure. And when I'm feeling insecure and, like, I want others around me or, like, we're in a big group of people and I'm like, man, I really want people to like me or I want to feel like I'm yeah doing all the right things, I yeah. can put the charm on for me sure. Me too. Yeah. That's how I, like, waited tables in college. Oh. Just charmed the crap off of everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> charmed the pants off of everybody. That's what uh. I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Fours also see twos as secretly emotionally needy, desperate mm. for others to like them and seek them out. Kind of same thing. Yeah. Um, they can see twos helpfulness as a little more than an attempt to bribe people for love. Wow. <laughs> Which fours disdain. <laughs> fours might begin to be secretly envious of the twos social abilities and the kinds of positive reactions twos generally get from people. Fours can begin to feel socially inept and overshadowed by the charm and popularity of twos secret shame and the feeling of worthlessness on the part of both can begin to undermine the relationship it can founder on forest feelings of abandonment if the two becomes involved with others it can also founder on twos increasingly feeling unappreciated by the four both begin to see the other as too emotionally needy and ultimately as more demanding than each wishes to put effort into wow yeah maybe just friends (laughs) that's that it went from really incredible to really horrible okay but i can also see that happening in a friendship too yeah where there's that level of jealousy and if you spend too much time together yeah or like you were spending a lot of time with that friend and then all of a sudden that friend started spending time with another friend that you're friends Mm, with yeah and then there's that jealousy there or you view that friend as being more popular than you or maybe they're getting more attention in social settings than you and you're like what the heck jealous yeah it it sounds like it causes jealousy yeah yeah i think it's also like misunderstandings on the part of both oh like Like communication needs to happen yeah it sounds like they are making the worst, like each type, type two and a type four, are making the worst assumptions about the other Yeah, in that scenario um, rather than maybe giving them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I agree. Which we know what assuming does, you guys. We know. So don't assume. Communicate. It's moral of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, let's go to type five. Okay. The investigator, the intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Okay. Um, so we have named personality type five the investigator because more than any other type, fives want to find out why things are the way they are. They want to understand how the world works, whether it's in the cosmos, the microscopic world, the animal, vegetable, or mineral kingdoms, or the inner world of their imaginations they are always searching asking questions and delving into things in depth they do not accept received opinions and doctrines feeling a strong need to retest the truth of most assumptions for themselves kind of sounds like scientists yeah it does they sound like maybe 
You're, they're like, you know, professors or scientists or researchers of some kind. Yeah. Um, okay, so now I'm going to read again. We're just this whole thing, guys. This whole episode is from the Enneagram Institute. It'll be linked below. None of these are our thoughts, <laughs> except our commentary. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're share, sharing commentary off this, but the actual knowledge and what we're reading is off of the Enneagram Institute about type fives and type twos. Um, mm-hmm. Giving them all the credit. Yes. <laughs> Enneagram twos and fives are double opposites. Ooh. Wow. What does that mean? It's a double opposite. I don't know. Okay, let me read. Let's see if it tells us. As it were, a people person versus a loner, a feeling type with a thinking type. Twos and fives come from different points of views on what's important in life and in a relationship. And yet, because they are so different, there can also be an intense attraction to the mystery of the other. Basically, opposites attract. <laughs> okay, makes sense. Um, twos and fives are a more common pairing than might be expected. Twos can see fives as challenges. Distant, mentally preoccupied, not giving any outward signals, and difficult to charm easily because they are so private. It is hard to know what five what pleases fives, which makes twos only try harder. Twos bring to the relationship a willingness to take the initiative and pursue the five, to be the first one to call or to ask on a date, no matter which gender they are. With healthy twos, I mean, when healthy, twos bring warm, warmth, physical comfort, and ease, something fives typically lack. A desire to improve the fives' living conditions a style of dress and eating habits, and many other marks of thoughtfulness as signs of affection and genuine interest. Man, I'm struggling to read, but I hope y'all got that. Um, Fives are usually not unaware of these, though they may not outwardly react to the expressions of affection of twos. Fives are secretly pleased that anyone cares and is being attentive to them. I think I might have dated a five in high school. (laughs) Um, for their part, fives are usually very loyal. They find relationships complex and difficult, so they tend to value one that brings or that begins to work, and they tend to put energy into it. Fives bring stability and quiet, dispassionate, good judgment, and objectivity, particularly in crises. When fives focus, they are good listeners and give undivided attention. They are not as attached to outcomes and so can often make decisions more wisely and be good advisors to more emotionally volatile twos. that sounds helpful but it also sounds like maybe a little condescending no i don't view it as that no i'm viewing this as my relationship right now (laughs) oh really okay because i'm thinking like if i was sitting there having an emotional reaction to something and needing to make a decision about it if somebody was like stop being so emotional and be objective about it i would be like let me punch your guts out you know what i mean i'm not viewing it as be more objective i it's I mean, it says fives are often more calm than twos and give them both types a feeling of steadiness and of hope. So fives are also the, you know, it's kind of like bringing you back down to earth when Mm. your emotions get out of hand and you go a little haywire. It's like, hey, you know, let's, let's maybe center ourselves and try to find. Sometimes I want to go haywire. (laughs) let me be haywire i don't like that i like like that's very much what my husband does for me okay he grounds me yeah i think maybe if it's somebody does it in the right way it could be good i'm maybe picturing it not in the right way i think you're in 
you're perceiving it as negative yeah when i'm perceiving it as positive i'm thinking of somebody telling me to calm down basically no which makes me want to i don't just slap them across the soul you know that's what I mean? not gonna make anybody calm down right don't ever tell a woman to calm down don't do it do not do it <laughs> do not do it if there are any men listening dummies don't do don't it. do it oh my god it's so stupid. Anyways, okay, that's fine. I'm going to get off on a tangent on why that's stupid. <laughs> it makes me mad <laughs> just thinking about it. Um, fives stabilize twos emotionally while twos warm up fives coolness. Twos enjoy seeing that their attention and affections have had positive visible effects on the five. Five secretly like being doted over and finally finding the nurturing they have unconsciously been seeking but may have almost given up on. That sounds so sweet. Yeah. I love that. I love that a lot. That sounds really, really sweet. So do we know any type fives? Not that we know of. Yeah. I really genuinely think I dated a five in high school. I'll tell you the deets later. Yeah. But Offline. Yeah, offline. <laughs> but like I like only because I have had that experience, I can understand what you're saying about somebody grounding you and your big emotions. Yeah. And it, it has, I think, a lot to do with also that you respect them. It is so, a big respect. So thing. they, you give them the permission to calm you down because I think a lot of people like unconsciously, subconsciously, you're giving them that permission because I don't respond well when people try to calm me down. Usually I, I feel it as somebody telling me your emotions are invalid. You know what I'm saying? But if I respect somebody enough and they are genuinely like trying to work me through something and like help me to breathe and like, you know what I mean? Get through it. Yeah. Then I will allow them to do that and I will allow myself to start calming down. Whereas if I feel like somebody's trying to shut me up, I'm like, we'll watch it get worse. Here we go. Oh, yeah. You just watch the volcano explode. But I think most people react that way, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely do. Yeah. You have to respect somebody for them to actually be able to calm you down. That's true. But if you tell me I'm being like dramatic or being emotional, that's like a trigger for me. Like I yeah. am very much going to get worse. Mm -hmm. And it takes me a long time to come down from mm -hmm. that too. Right. That's what I'm saying. So that's why that's the, at first when I read that, that's how I was perceiving that. But maybe I'm thinking of it from the person that I dated back then. Like I, I had a lot of respect for him. So I would like when he tried to help me calm down, I would actually listen to what he was saying instead of assuming his intentions were negative. Negative. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think it has to depend on how healthy the relationship is. Mm -hmm. Because if it's a healthy relationship, then that person should be able to ground you and bring mm -hmm. you back down and help you process emotions mm -hmm. in a healthy way versus coming at it from a negative standpoint. And I think that's what this is saying, right? Mm -hmm. It's saying there's a healthy relationship between twos and fives in this instance. Oh, that's true. When they're both in a good spot, mm -hmm. not necessarily in a problem area. That's true. I do think that there are even times when I'm thinking about like our relationship, there have been plenty of times when I've had really big emotions and you've helped me process those emotions. Yeah, like but you've that's... had that mental capacity and emotional intelligence to yeah. say, okay, this is what she needs right now mm -hmm. and I can read that. And so this is how I'm going to approach the situation. Mm -hmm. I think that comes with emotional intelligence too, though. That's true. But I think that was also coming from like me knowing what I would need in that scenario and us being very similar. You know Possibly. what I mean? And also, I start every single conversation like that by validating whatever somebody's feeling. So I'm already telling you, yes, you are That's correct. That's true. You do that. And I do not jump to, you need to calm down now. You know what I'm saying? 
which I would never say to you, but, but like, <laughs> don't you dare. Never, ever, ever. But like the, like the, I, I never even start with that intention of trying to help you calm down. I start immediately by validating. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So healthy potential... respect is needed in every relationship. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it just depends on how healthy you are mm-hmm. as an individual in your journey and also how you approach that relationship and how healthy that relationship is because you could both be in a good place and that relationship could be unhealthy and you're approaching situations in a negative way. Well, on that topic, let's discuss the potential trouble spots. Yeah. For them. Tell me, tell me. Many of the issues that this couple faces have to do with their boundaries and how respectful or not each is of the other. Shut up. At that. Shut up. (laughs) We're so intuitive. We really are. (laughs) It's almost like we're a type two. Shocking. Twos tend to become frustrated by the fives' lack of immediate response to them. Sometimes fives are so taciturn. Do you want to look up what that means? I do know, I think, what that means, but I'm not 100% positive. Let's find out on <laughs> this episode of Words with Shirley and Cat Dictionary <laughs> Digits. What? No. <laughs> at first i was loving your mind being words that's my podcast title words and then yours was what would you just, what did you even just say <laughs> dictionary digits i meant like <laughs> oh we are freaking delirious <laughs> taciturn of a person it's an adjective of a person reserved or uncommunicative in speech saying little okay so sometimes fives are so taciturn aka un- untalkative uncommunicative am i pronouncing that correctly taciturn. okay wow good job Charlotte. look at us look at us um they are so taciturn and involved in their own mental world that there is no response at all, which hurts the two's feelings and feels like a rejection to them. Feeling rejected. <laughs> What'd you say? I can see that. Yeah. Feeling rejected triggers deep anxieties in twos relating to their fear that they are unwanted and unloved. This may make them redouble their efforts to get some kind of response from the five. They may become more talkative, more curious and questioning of the five and more demanding physically, hoisting the five from their desk or barging into their library to drag them out dancing or to a movie because they need a break from work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Much of the two's activities become a form of intrusion that has at its root the need to reassure themselves that the five is still connected with them. Um, Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. But ironically, the more intrusive twos become, the more fives internally withdraw and detach emotionally from what feels like a threat to their autonomy and competence. Fives start to lose confidence in themselves and are actually harmed by being overly helpful. Lower functioning twos, however, feel that they have no value unless they are actively involved in every aspect of the other's life. Yeah, woof. That sounds rough. But the more they feel intruded on... The more unsafe fives begin to feel, 
and they may start to fear the twos because they seem irrational and out of control to the five. Wow. Okay. So that kind of has a little bit like of at the unhealthy level, fives really do think that the emotions are unreasonable. Yeah. Which is where it triggers me. <clears throat> I, but I've also feel like at some point in my life, the lower functioning twos feel that they have no value unless they are mm-hmm. actively involved in every aspect of the other's life. I've totally been there before. Yeah, I've been there before. That's actually probably what made my like worst high school breakup. What made it so devastating is because I was valuing myself as a part of their life. Yeah. And they said, nah, girl, no thanks. And I said, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and I had like a mental existential crisis. Just so a little minty bee. That makes sense. If that's that's how I was valuing myself, that's ooh, a bummer. Yeah. Fives can also become cynical about the value and viability of relationships and cynical about the possibility of finding one that works for them. Fives tend to walk away from the entire question, losing interest in having an intimate relationship often for years at a time. But the more distance fives put between themselves and twos, the more this brings out the twos obsession and the more aggressive they become in their pursuit of the five. It is a prescription for disaster or at least loneliness for both. Damn. So actually reading that and reading some of the things of like when there's an unhealthy five makes me really think of somebody I know. Mm. I'm going to have to make them take the test now. But I had not thought to make them take the test before. Mm. Um, not that they're unhealthy, but like, you know, we all present ourselves in unhealthy times that sometimes we can present as an unhealthy too mm-hmm. when we're struggling. struggling. Um, it's not like an all the time way that you present yourself. No. Yeah. Well, and also I think sometimes as human beings, which is obvious by the state of our news channels right now, we focus on the negative. Yeah. And so... You know, when you think about, like, the negative aspects of somebody, like, that stands out in your mind. You know what I mean? Versus their positive aspects. When you're reading the negative aspects and then you stop and you reflect, sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, in a healthy way, they really were like that. That's why they were so much fun to be around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So, last one, type six. Um, Kat, give us our little summary on type six. The loyalist is the type six. The committed, security-oriented type, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. So the loyalists get their name because of all the personality types, sixes are the most loyal to their friends and to their beliefs. They will go down with the ship and hang on to the relationship of all kinds far longer than most other types. Hmm. Sixes are also loyal to ideas, systems, and beliefs, even to the belief that all ideas or authorities should be questioned or defied. Oh. Indeed, all not all sixes go along with this status quo. Their beliefs may be rebellious and anti-authoritarian, even revolutionary. In any case, they will typically fight for their beliefs more fiercely than they fight for themselves, and they will defend their community or family more tenaciously than they will defend themselves. Sweet. So rebellious. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually makes me want to look really quickly before we jump into the relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, examples of famous type sixes. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, oh, so okay. Mark Twain is one of them. Whoa. Let's see who else. 
Princess Diana. Well, that makes sense. Also Prince Harry. That oh my god, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. That's crazy. Um that's kind of insane. So much more makes sense now. Yeah, it does. Um wow, love that. That's sweet. Oh, this is kind of cool to look at these. Yeah. Um, we might have to do this from now on mm. as we go through to see yeah. just a couple of uh, Julia Roberts. Oh. Jennifer Aniston. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, some big Sarah Jessica Parker, Ben Affleck. Wow. Big A-list. Jay Leno. Wow. Katie Couric. Cute. Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> and people I actually know. <laughs> Um, Bono from U2. Wow. Bruce Springsteen. You know, rock and roll. Uh, against the man. Also George Bush. Okay. Confusing. And Robert Kennedy. So two presidents. Interesting. Not how I would have perceived that, but okay. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And Nixon, too. So three presidents. Dang. I don't think I really... Oh, Marilyn Monroe, which Marilyn Monroe totally makes sense mm. for a type six, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Especially with the conspiracy theories about her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and how she basically destroyed the Kennedys mm-hmm. and right. would have cost them the presidency. Right. Um, Because she was like, well, she was. That's just a fact. It's not right. a conspiracy that she was sleeping with both the Kennedy yeah. brothers. No, the conspiracy about why she died. Oh yeah, they killed her. Yeah. yeah, and that the like they had given her knowledge and stuff that she wasn't supposed yeah, to have. Yeah, she, she knew was too much. Say it. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I yeah, I kind of believe that. on board with that conspiracy theory. <laughs> we can Some go conspiracy down. theories seem to be facts. Okay, there is a comedian. I don't know who it is right now. I'll have to figure it out and post it at some point. There is a comedian who says, if you think that our government is batting a hundred and you don't believe in a single conspiracy yeah, theory, yeah, he says, I'm a father and I lie to my kid all the time <laughs> and if you think, think our government is yeah. not doing that yeah i think i've seen that clip i got questions about your i agree with your that. loyalty there maybe you are a type six to believe maybe, everything maybe <laughs> or question authority right i don't know yeah i feel like maybe bush was the type to believe everything you know what i mean versus no, loyal loyal and rebellious is type six Right, but like you, you believe things as they are, right? Wasn't that one of the first in the first little paragraph? Even so much to say that you believe that nothing is the way that it is. Like yes, it goes in both swings. Correct. So I'm ideas, saying, systems, beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like Bush believed in it so much, and then like, who was one of the first people that you mentioned? Mark Twain or something like that? Yeah, is the Twain. other way right? Like swings the other way. You know what I mean? Because Mark Twain was just like such a pivotal author. Mm-hmm. Arthur. Author. <laughs> Words. Oh, Eminem. Oh. Pushing boundaries. Pushing boundaries. That's when I see the type six is like, those are the people who maybe if they went back further and they might have in this list, I'd apparently Frodo Baggins in Lord of the Rings is also a type Hell yeah. Six. Hell yeah, Frodo. <laughs> you show the ring. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know how, like, if they really, reading the description of what a type six is, if you look and think about that and think how our world has evolved. 
sorry. Frodo, Frodo's got the giggles. Frodo got me. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, now I need to know what Sam is. What's Samwise Gamgee? I need you to look up Samwise Gamgee's Enneagram type. Please, please. <laughs> okay. I need to know. Because they're basically in a romantic relationship. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> Members of the Fellowship of the Ring by Enneagram. <laughs> He's a type two. I think I'm going to piss my pants. <laughs> Stop. Is Sam Ice Gamgee a type two? Sam is a type Shut up. I can't see to read it. I'm crying. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Deep breaths. <laughs> Sam is the type two. <laughs> Always seeking to help. Sam's the truest of true friends. <laughs> He's happy to serve the purpose of another and in stereotypical two fashion is always seemingly concerned about making sure people have food <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sam. oh my god oh. oh that is so funny <laughs> i cannot handle that i cannot um so frodo being a type six frodo is pretty widely accepted as an archetype pal six archetype Excuse me. Archetypal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> As I would argue, most protagonists are super loyal to his people and responsible in his task. His crippling caution grows an unexpected bravery. Okay. So that's why Frodo's a type six. Incredible. Sam's type two. <laughs> Just making sure we got food. <laughs> Just feeding everybody keeping those bellies full it's all we're good for <laughs> get that food so let's i guess let's read about how frodo and sam are if they were actually in a romantic relationship yeah frodo and sam they kind of seem like they are secretly so if not those actors were just had a lot of chemistry happening yeah yeah <laughs> or the editing was just <laughs> immaculate <laughs> um <laughs> um so okay. tell me, how are Frodo <laughs> yeah, and so Sam we don't get back on the in train. a relationship? Both Enneagram 2's Sam and 6's Frodo are highly dutiful <laughs> and take their responsibilities towards each other very seriously. <laughs> Why is it so funny now? <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. The emphasis tends to be slightly different, however, with 2's focus primarily on building intimacy and positive feelings between themselves and other individuals, whereas the emphasis of 6's tends to be on building a foundation of security, a sturdy platform of hard work and trust that everyone can count on. That is so Frodo and Sam. Yep. That's so cute. Both types are highly responsible and tend to put the needs of others before their own. They are both family-oriented and foster domesticity. That's a good one. Uh, they easily share duties around the house and with their children or friends. They are both socially involved with their community and see great value in having many social connections, which give them the feeling that they are valued in their world. Sixes value the warmth, kind-heartedness, generosity, and self-sacrifice of the two. Oh. Oh, yeah. 
That's why Frodo was so grateful for Sam. Because Sam. Sam. at times it was like, okay, Sam's being a little annoying. And Frodo was never that way. He always was grateful for him. Yeah. On the other hand, twos will likely admire hard the hard work, steadfastness to commitments, perseverance, modesty, and playfulness of sixes. Frodo! Frodo! Even if they should sometimes be grumpy and indecisive, twos realize that healthy sixes almost always come around in the end. Caution and vigilance are recognized as worthwhile assets in what can be a cruel and ex- exploitative world. Twos often feel that they can count on the sixes' watchfulness to spot difficulties before they become problems. When twos and sixes are healthy, they may actually admire each other more than they feel a grand passion for each other. Their relationship may be based more on steadiness, mutual respect, and affection than on some kind of overheated chemistry between them. False. Frodo and Sam definitely had passion and overheated <laughs> hot chemistry. Passion. Hot, hot passion. <laughs> they see the other as a good and dependable i'm sorry they see the other as good and dependable and that is often more than enough as a basis for an enduring and productive life together sam and frodo in the shire sam and frodo forever (laughs) um so that's hilarious because i actually do actually reading that and listening to you read that really like looking at the relationship between sam and frodo It is spot on. For those of you Lord of the Rings fans out there, (laughs) if you have not watched it and you are a female, just trust me, it is worth the hype. There are definitely lulls and times where it's like, wow, this movie goes on forever. But it is such a good series. Actually, The Hobbit is one of my all-time favorite books, which is, of course, the prequel to The Lord of the Rings. Rings. Anyways, okay, so let's see if they really were in a relationship and what their potential downfalls would be. Okay, tell me, tell me, tell me. Also, it's really funny now that we put it in the Sam and Frodo perspective. I can't think of real humans. All nope. I'm thinking of is Sam and Frodo. And we know plenty of type sevens. <laughs> this is six. Oh, Do shoot, we? you're right. You're right. I don't right, know any right. type sixes. I don't know a type six either. At least that we know of. Yeah, I mean, I can't, but like normally I'm hypothesizing while we're going through, while I'm yeah. listening to you read. No, I can't reading. think of anybody. And all I'm thinking about is Sam and Frodo. None of this rings a bell. Whoops. All right. Um, One of the main potential areas for problems between twos and sixes has to do with control and autonomy. Between being too close and being too far apart. Part of the problem has to do with the lack of confidence of lower functioning sixes with their ability to make decisions and be decisive. Average sixes tend to feel pressured by all kinds of competing demands on their time and energy. By the two, by the boss, by the friends, by the church, and even by their country. Pressure from all sides makes sixes feel more anxious, emotionally unstable, unable to think clearly, or to make decisions easily. They can become doubtful, suspicious, or negativistic. Had no idea that was a word. Oh, oh, negativism. The practice of being or tendency to be negative or skeptical in attitude while failing to offer positive suggestions or views. Mm -hmm. Um, as sixes become more reactive they are likely to impulsively take almost any action to just relieve their anxieties momentarily at such times twos may begin to offer them more help and advice or to issue orders as a way to empower the six and help them through their anxiety however sixes usually perceive the twos help as intrusiveness and undermining of their self-confidence as they resent it whoops um cycles of anxiety and acting out 
followed by two full reunions, followed by needing to be more autonomous on the sixes part, followed by more intrusion on the twos part can wear this relationship down. The problem is that lower functioning twos think there is no such thing as too much intimacy since they always want to be closer. However, sixes are more ambivalent, pushing the twos away and then pulling them closer. The sixes ambivalence and inconsistency drives the twos crazy and taps into their fears of rejection. Twos will end up the ante, the ante, ante, a stake put up by a player in poker, like Annie up. Oh, oh my God. I'm tired. Okay. Sorry. Twos will up the ante by trying to help the six more. Although sixes experience their help as control and they seek more distance. This pair can become enmeshed in a bad child punishing parent drama that can ultimately be fatal to their relationship and the real mutual respect that it was potentially founded on. Sounds very push-pull Yeah, from both sides. Although it makes it sound like twos really should not be in a relationship with the same. Yeah, but like also maybe twos like chill out. You're not always incredible. You know what I mean? Like your advice is not always the end-all be-all. Let somebody figure it out on their own. Let them fail. Let them win. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you know? give them the space that they're asking for. Yeah. But it sounds, again, like a communication issue. It is definitely a communication issue. So because the sixes are not telling, it doesn't sound like they're telling them, hey, hey I need I to need figure this, this out on my own. Yeah. It sounds like they're saying, I love you. I hate you. I love you. I hate you. I love you. I hate you. Which is exhausting. Yeah. So just to round this out, because we don't know any sixes and mm-hmm. both of us are very delirious at this point. Mm-hmm. I apologize. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our sporadic <laughs> conversation on today's episode. But bringing everything full circle, mm-hmm. since we were talking about A Court of Thorns and Roses earlier. Oh my god, shut up. Are the characters there too? <sighs> I thought it would be kind of fun to look at the Enneagram characters, or the yeah. Enneagram for the main inner circle okay so you're not giving anything away or maybe a little bit i'm not giving anything away it's just character names okay so i'm just curious what your guess is and actually i've only looked at the first one so i won't look past the first one of who you think is a type one a type one remind me what a type one is the perfectionist the perfectionist okay um, the perfectionist slash reformer strives for perfection, has a strong sense of right and wrong, and is driven by a desire for integrity and improvement. Risend? No. Azrael. <gasps> Shut up. That's not how I would have perceived Azrael. Really? I don't, I don't know what I would have made him to be in my mind, but no. Because he's the spy and he always has like a strong sense of, like, I don't think Risen has a strong sense of right and wrong i do think asriel does i think i think that's true because i think risend is willing to compromise his sense of right and wrong for the greater good hello under the mountain right (laughs) for the yeah for the greater good you know what i mean like he's like this i can't this can't be what it is i have to change it to get through yeah whereas i don't know that asriel would be able to do that yeah okay who do we think is a type two (laughs) i hate that elaine no no more whoa i love that yes we will claim more always stepping out to help everybody yes she She really puts others before herself in all aspects throughout the entire series also we probably should say there might be some spoilers in here yeah there might be and also justice for more i need her story i want her whole story okay whoa type three 
Okay. Type three. Type three. Type three. Give me the little summary one more time. Because um, I'm thinking of people instead of the definition. You know yeah. what I mean? Hold on. I don't want to look at it. I can I can pull that up. I'm sorry. Um, the achiever. The success-oriented, pragmatic type, adaptive, excellent. Cassian. Excelling, driven, and image conscious. Cassian. No? <laughs> Tamlin. <gasps> Ooh. Success-oriented, image conscious, <laughs> strives to excel in their pursuits, and seeks oh. validation and admiration from others. Oh, bless his heart. Oh. The achiever slash performer. Yeah. Oh. So, sorry. This isn't just inner circle. The other one I looked at was. This is just characters. Okay. All right. So, type four is the individualist. Okay. The sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. See, I would have thought Asriel would be that way. Is it Ryzen? No, I think it's um, Amarin. Oh, Amarin. Temperamental, self-absorbed, dramatic, expressive. Amarin. That's it's going to be Amarin. You're right. No, it's Farah. <gasps> what? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? Emotionally sensitive and introspective, seeks to understand their unique identity and longs for deep, authentic connections. Oh, okay. That's Farah. She too. is pretty self-absorbed, if I'm being totally honest. I mean, in a good way, in a way that saves everybody, but still. She is very self-absorbed. She is self-absorbed. Okay. Um, you know what? I would like to say really quick while we're going through this, because I want to know more, but. This goes to show that you never really know no. who, who people are. You know what I mean? And I don't know that this is an exact science. Like, no, but the fact that we've saying. gotten pretty much every single one wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's like, like, like about the people, like what you said earlier, the people that we're guessing about um, in our real lives that we've been dead wrong on every single time. It's yeah. embarrassing how dead wrong we are. Like, people, you know, never jump to, assu- to assumptions about people, you know? Yeah. You never know. Okay, tell it's me true. five. Five is the investigator. Yep. Okay. The intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. I have absolutely no idea. Maybe the scientists is what we lo- we said earlier, what we perceived from those words with scientists. Maybe that's Am- Amarin then. Maybe that's Amarin. Yay! Yay, Amarin! <laughs> and the cereal. Oh, I love this. I did too. Oh, devastating. Um, so Amarin and the cereal, the investigator slash observer is again type five, analytical and intellectually intellectually oriented, gathers knowledge and withdraws to protect their resources and privacy. Okay. Which she does do that. Yeah. And she's also super, super smart and always doing the research and yeah. reading the books and trying to figure out she's, how to save the they world. all lean on her all the time. Yeah. Four. Sure. Okay. Um, type five. No, that was type five. Six. Six. Sorry. Six. Yes. What we were just talking about. The loyalist. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Is this Ryzen? Because I was thinking that would be Pharaoh would be because she's the main character like what you read earlier. But is it Ryzen? No. <laughs> it's Lucian. Is type six. Shut up. Not Lucian. Although justice for Lucian. We need his story too, but like, ugh. The loyalist slash skeptic seeking security and guidance often anticipates worst case scenarios and seeks support and reassurance from trusted sources. Yeah. He's annoyingly a type six. Not the way, like, Frodo's a type six. Like, yeah, go Frodo, go. (laughs) He's not the protagonist. Lucian's a type six where you're like, oh, shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Just go with it, bro. Yeah. You okay. know? 
Um, Sorry, type sixes. We love you. <laughs> Swear to God. Type seven, the enthusiast. Okay. The busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Cassie. Yeah, it's Cassie. It's gotta be. It's I don't know. It's gotta be. Yeah, the en- enthusiast slash epicure, spontaneous and pleasure-seeking, seeks new experiences and avoids pain or discomfort through constant stimulation. Yeah. Cassian. Yeah, he does that. That is the most Cassian yeah. description I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. We love Cassian. Okay. Maybe that means your husband's a type 7. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows? Um, type eight is the challenger, the mm-hmm. powerful dominating type. This has got to be Ryson. Self-confident, decisive, yeah. willful, willful, and confrontational. Yeah. Gotta be. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually three. It's Nesta, Ryson, and. It is Nesta. Amarantha. Oh, Amarantha? Amarantha. Amarantha. Yeah. Ew. Then maybe that's in the unhealthy way. Amarantha is the unhealthy version of a type eight. So the challenger slash protector, assertive and protective, takes charge and seeks control, often serving to be strong and avoid vulnerability. Yeah, Amarantha's the unhealthy type 8. Yeah. But that makes a lot of sense. Well, that leaves Elaine for type 9 then, the peacemaker. Yeah. The easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Hello, Elaine. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to wrap up this episode now. (laughs) It's been so much fun talking to you guys. Thank you so much for being here with us. If you like this episode, please subscribe, like, share with your friends. Um, Follow us on social media at a uh, couple of twos. Mm -hmm. Uh, Please share our Instagram with your friends as well. Send us a DM engage with us we would love to talk with you we want to be friends with you tell us your enneagram type friendship and rate our podcast please spotify and apple have rating system i'm sure the others do too but i don't know about them (laughs) so five stars only none others accepted cat always tells me that's not true but it's not true we will accept anything (laughs) love you guys we'll see you next week Bye. bye